0: ARE study guide podcast. Hello boys and girls welcome to another episode of the ARE study guide podcast. Today we are going to talk about fire protection. In terms of fire protection buildings need to be designed to first Stop the spread of fire and smoke as quickly as possible. And second, minimize the damage from fire, smoke, and water. Fire resistance is a property of a material or assembly and its ability to maintain its structural integrity during a fire. So in this lesson, when we're talking about fire, keep in mind we're not just thinking about the actual fire. We're also thinking about the smoke. Most fire-related deaths are actually due to the smoke and gas. Fire blocking are materials that stop the spread of fire within concealed spaces. Materials that can be used for fire blocking include lumber, structural wood panels, two pieces of particle board, half-inch sheetrock, quarter-inch cement board, mineral wool, and cellulose insulation. Where is fire blocking required? Fire blocking is going to be required in concealed spaces where the wall and ceiling meet, where soffits or dropped ceilings tie into walls and other ceilings and walls, and in the stairs between the stringers. When you have a shaft that extends vertically through the building, such as an elevator shaft, a mechanical shaft, or even a stairway, those are going to need to be rated to prevent fire from rising up through that shaft and getting to the higher levels. So when you have a shaft that extends four stories or more, it needs to be two-hour rated. When the shaft extends three hours or less, it needs to be one-hour rated. Fire blocking should be provided at each level of the shaft. The concept of a firewall is used to divide a building into separate buildings. Firewalls are designed that if failure occurs on one side of the wall, it will not affect the structural integrity of the other side of the wall. When you have doors in a firewall, they need to be self-closing. Windows and firewalls need to be fire rated. And there's going to be limitations on the maximum number of openings and penetrations in your wall. If you look in the code book and find the maximum allowable area for your building based on the occupancy, you might realize that you need a larger building area. You can use firewalls to break the building up into separate buildings. So the building is viewed as one holistic building, but in the code, you can use firewalls to break one building up into multiple buildings. So let's say I'm not looking at the code right now, but let's say that um, for your occupancy, the maximum allowable area was 10,000 square feet, but you needed 20,000 square feet for your building program. If you create a firewall in the middle of your building, separating the 10,000 square feet from the other 10,000 square feet, you'd be allowed to have your total 20,000 square feet. Because in the code, all of those area requirements are thinking of fire safety. So if each side of the building is meeting those requirements independently, and if something was to happen to one side, but you have a firewall, so the whole, let's say the whole left side could burn down, but the right side would remain standing. less restrictive than a firewall is a fire barrier. Fire barriers are used to separate occupancies and exit stairways. Unlike firewalls, fire barriers are only going to extend from the top of the floor assembly to the underside of the floor roof deck above. When you have a firewall, a firewall is going to extend all the way up vertically. So with a fire barrier, Any elements that are supporting the barrier need to have the same fire rating, if not greater, than the rating of the fire barrier. So if you have a two-hour rated wall, then you need to have at least a two-hour rated floor supporting that wall. Because the floor is going to have the same fire rating, that means that the walls of the fire barrier don't need to stack up in section. So the primary difference with a fire barrier and a fire wall is going to be the fire rating. Fire barriers are much less restrictive. The actual rating will depend on the occupancy, but a fire barrier will have a minimum rating of one hour. Fire barriers are required at exits, including exit stairs and exit passageways. Fire barriers are required to separate incidental use areas from the adjacent areas. So if you don't remember from one of our previous lessons, an incidental use area is a space that has unique life safety or fire risks. Incidental spaces include laundry rooms, furnace rooms, and laboratories. Fire barriers are also required to separate different occupancies. And fire barriers are also required in other areas identified in the International Building Code. And then we have fire partitions. Fire partitions are a much less restrictive type of assembly. Fire partitions are going to be rated between 30 minutes to one hour. The ceiling above a fire partition may or may not be fire rated. When you have a fire wall or a fire barrier, you cannot use wood studs. You can use wood studs for a fire partition. Where are fire partitions required? Fire partitions are required in multi-family residences between the individual units, between hotel guest rooms, and also between the rooms of dorms and assisted living facilities. Fire partitions are required at corridor walls. Fire partitions are required in malls to separate different tenant spaces, and elevator lobbies, and at exterior egress balconies. So of the three types of fire rated assemblies, fire partition, fire barrier, and fire wall. A fire partition is the only one where you can use wood studs. To achieve a one hour rating on a wood stud wall, you apply one sheet of 5 8 inch type X sheetrock to each side of the wall on an exterior wall you would apply two sheets of sheetrock to the inside face of that wall. To achieve a two-hour rating on a wood stud wall, you add two sheets of 5 8 inch Type X sheetrock to each side of that partition. And for a three-hour wall, you have three sheets of 5 8 inch Type X sheetrock. An easy way to remember that, of course, is for the rating you add that number of pieces on each side of the wall. One hour rating, one sheet on each side of the wall. Two hour rating, two sheets on each side of the wall. Three hour rating, three sheets on each side of the wall. And again, that's always going to be 5/8 inch Type X sheetrock. A smoke barrier is a continuous membrane that blocks the passage of smoke. Smoke barriers are required to have a minimum one hour rating. Smoke partitions limit the spread of smoke, but they are non rated. A fire damper is a device installed on the air ducts to prevent the spread of fire. In the event of a fire, the damper will automatically close. A fire damper is triggered when the air temperature reaches 165 degrees. A smoke damper is similar to a fire damper, but instead of heat, a smoke damper detects smoke and automatically closes when smoke is detected. Smoke dampers are designed to block smoke and toxic gases. You can also have a combination fire smoke damper, and that is going to automatically close when either it's too hot or when smoke is detected. A draft stop, also called a curtain board, is a board placed at the ceiling 18 inches or more down. Because smoke is going to rise up, a draft stop is going to block smoke from spreading. Except for in type 5B construction because that is the least restrictive. You cannot have any overhangs or combustible projections that are not fire rated within 5 feet of a property line. Have you ever heard of intumescent paint? Intumescent paint is used to create a fire protective layer on materials that would normally burn or deform when exposed to fire. What I didn't know was how it worked. Any intumescent product is going to rapidly expand when exposed to heat. And that's what's going to create a protective membrane around our surfaces. Fire doors, also called labeled doors. If a wall is fire rated, the door needs to be fire rated. This includes the door frame and the door hardware. The rating of the door and the frame needs to be labeled. Fire door hardware is required to be UL listed with steel ball bearing hinges. Fire doors can be rated 20 minute, 45 minute, one hour, an hour and a half, and three hour. Fire doors are required to have steel or stainless steel hardware. Assembly and educational occupancies with occupant loads over 50 require panic hardware on fire-rated doors. Fire doors must have closers. They can be self-closing or automatic. Automatic closers will allow the door to remain open unless smoke is detected, at which point they will automatically close. If you have any vision panels in your fire-rated door, which are you know, the little windows that you can see through, that's called a vision panel, They cannot exceed 100 square inches when your door is 60- or 90-minute rated. If your door is more than 90-minute rated, you will need to use fire-resistive glass, which can be very expensive. On fire-resistive glazing, your glass will need to be labeled. D means that the glazing is approved for use in doors. O means it's approved for use in windows. W means it's approved for use in walls. H means it passed the hose stream test. And T means it passed a test saying that it can withstand a temperature rise of 450 degrees in 30 minutes. All right, so that was a lot, but that was only scratching the surface. Be sure to check out Francis Ching's Building Codes Illustrated. The sections on fire are going to be... Fire Resistive Construction, which is Chapter 7, Fire Protection Systems, Chapter 9, and Means of Egress, Chapter 10. And also you can find everything I covered and so much more on fire in my study guide at the Podcast.com. Until next time, bye!